Welcome to episode 163 of the Better With Running podcast. My name is Chris Armstrong. I'm a run to bb coach. And joining me, as always, well, my best mate, Zach and Newman, fellow coach, mate, it is Melbourne Marathon Week. We've got a big episode lined up. How are you going? Mate, it is. It's grand final week down here in Melbourne for us, really, isn't it? I know it, it is. So, but uh, it is It is on. A massive, massive show lined up and uh, a massive week. Mate, i got to pick you up on something. You usually nail these intros, but I reckon you've gone with the wrong week, uh, episode number. Yeah, dude, I was looking at the wrong episode. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I scrolled, I scrolled, too, far, scrolled yeah. too far back in the show notes and um, didn't realise till I was halfway through. And um, <laughs> no, so there's a few slight pauses in there, but yeah, you know, you're quite right. This is episode 164. <laughs> um, this isn't history repeating itself. It's actually... Um, the second time that I can remember where I've completely cocked up the, the intro. So, um, we'll yeah. In the Garrett <laughs> because I know there's a lot going on with with athletes preparing. We'll just say, mm-hmm. yeah, we got, um, oh, geez, I was like, I think we counted like 25 plus that are just debuting, let alone putting on a run, run to BB, something <laughs> in the getting out on the MCG. Well, they will be finishing there, but, um, <laughs> That's huge in itself, and and uh, as mm. a coach, uh, yes, it is a busy week, and uh, no doubt that busy week uh, has has affected your intros, mate. No, look, just like on race day, if the warm up's a bit shit, don't worry, it's okay. <laughs> like the the best stuff is yet to come, and much like the intro, it was rubbish. And my apologies, I did not my best work, but we'll sharpen that up as the episode goes on. Could blame fatigue, but that's you know that's not what we're about. <laughs> I look, as, as always, mate, it's usually uh, the guests that, that bring us up. <laughs> so we're relying on our guests. And we've got two this week. We do. So we're bringing out the big guns. Got a run to PB athlete. Uh, mm-hmm. Actually, an athlete that is coached by someone else who is making their debut in the marathon on the mm-hmm. weekend. And uh, we've managed to secure a, a massive name in the media, a guy mm-hmm. that... We've sort of laid claim to, to uh, I guess, giving him a platform and uh, giving him a few handballs to actually he was doing it a fair bit. For us. But, one, uh, one of Run to PB's own, yeah. really. As he gets more and more famous around town, we've got Mitch Dyer dropping in for a, mm. for a chat, a bit of a catch-up, a bit of a Melbourne Marathon preview. He is, uh, he's going to be on the mic for a good part of, he's going to be on, right, we're going to hear from him. Tonight, no doubt he's going to tell us how many hours he's he's planning. He's got immediate team there that is going to be covering the event. So it's going to be cool to hear from Mitch. Looking forward to Mitch and just getting his take on the marathon. Um, Mitch, a man of the track, um, where that sort of high octane energy meets the um, you know the far the short and fast races. And I'm really intrigued just to see how he's going to be able to stretch this out over a few hours. So looking forward to hearing the great man's game plan. And um and how he's going to do it. So, yeah, he's not far away. He isn't, and uh, we have on good authority. He uh he hasn't got a date lined up, and he's uh <laughs> so he's he's not gonna uh not gonna dodge us. But uh yeah, it's it's gonna be good to catch up catch up with uh Mitch. We got a bit of a round the grounds, mate. We do both um at home and abroad tonight. Um, Berlin, like. You know, a month or so back, and then mm-hmm. we had we had all the hype of Sydney, we had Berlin, and then we had Chicago with the the major 
marathon going down with a number of runs bb athletes heading over there which is bloody cool to see um oh mate runs bb athletes running pbs um friend of runs pb run, running a world record more yeah on that, a, more on that later true we have got another uh, world record chat that uh actually involves a uh, I was going to say legit before. <laughs> <laughs> but let's not discount uh, some of the world record chat we have had in the past because they're all records and they're all, uh, yeah. yeah. There's um, varying degrees of records, but this one, this is one that the whole community gets behind and certainly um, got excited for all the right reasons. So looking forward to Getting Mitch's take on this one too. This is one Mitch yeah. is really going to be able to rip into. Yeah, I am actually genuinely curious to, to hear uh, hear Mitch's take on this. So, mm-hmm. uh, yes. Well, we've got our first guest coming up shortly, mate. So we're actually going to, like this episode, we're just going to uh, keep it all about the guests and about the, the marathon coming because I know you've had some some training in there. I've had some training, but uh, I think for something different this week, we're going uh, to skip over anyone. Who's obviously following you, Chris? I would have seen mm-hmm. you did knock out some K's, so you haven't. Both of us have been running, so we can. Yeah. That. <laughs> if anyone's genuinely really interested, um, <laughs> slip me a DM on Instagram or something, and I'll tell you how it went. But um, yeah, you yeah, haven't. It's <laughs> nothing to write home about. But Zach, as it should be, every week it's about our guests and what they've been up to. It has. It is, and uh, let's let our first guest into the room, and uh, yeah, get it going. Let's do it. Joining us this week on the Better With Running podcast, we've got a run to PB athlete who is lining up this weekend in the Melbourne Marathon. Joined uh, Run to PB back in 2019, December 28th, uh, looking back at the sign-up form and, uh, yeah, with some some lofty plans to to get rolling with uh, some, some running goals and was matched up with, Gemma Maney, who's also uh, running up, running this weekend. So coach and athlete, both towing the line at Melbourne Marathon and uh, excited to have a chat about your preparation and your running journey. Welcome to the show, Laura. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for taking the time. We're just saying uh, Taper Week is uh, it's, it's a lot of fun and games. There's a, a little bit of head noise that can go with it. And uh, yeah, it's, it's probably, uh, yeah, it's, I've been through a few and I'm probably quite happy to be not in your position at the moment. But saying that, it's also very exciting when you do get to uh, hear that gun and and get started. Yeah, it is. I've just been waiting for 7 a.m. Sunday morning and need to put a lock on my phone so I stop checking the bomb app. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Brady sending through like weather just only half an hour ago and he's you know he's not even racing but he's all over it he's talking about the wind and this like, <laughs> it's oh, yeah. i've been trying to look at the direction all sorts of things i've got no business knowing but here we are <laughs> with, with the weather laura do you just wholly and solely rely on the bomb app or do you sort of take a few left field things as well like, i mean there's the elders weather app which is also really good for us country folk here but um do you go out and sort of talk to like some old weather presenters or have you got some other sort of tricks up your sleeves sort of oh look if anyone's got jane bunn's number you could pass it on but um no i just rely on the bomb and hope that it's wrong if it doesn't look good <laughs> yeah who was it um i think 
most on on uh, on our rival podcast and stuff. Right? And was um, I think he was claiming that yeah, whenever that they they should have the the strike rate as a working profession is just shocking, and they should be sacked every week. <laughs> yeah, I'll take that. If if it looks like it's going to be as windy as it's looking right now, I'll take that. So, game bun, look out, the job's yeah. uh, <laughs> under threat. Hey, um, well, I mentioned at the start of the intro, you signed up back in 2019, uh, pre-COVID. <laughs> so, yeah, just in time. Uh, just in time, getting into the online uh, space. And, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I just looking back at the sign-up, you've had, had a, you've had a really interesting running journey and it continues obviously this weekend with the marathon, but like how much of it, how much of running was part of your life when you were growing up? Um, it became part of my life probably in high school. I did a bit of school cross country as everybody has to do and then um, made it onto some sort of school team and my parents had some friends who did a bit of running. So they sent me down to their um you know, their training group, which was a one of the um, AV clubs, Kill St. Bernard's. So jumped in and did a few training sessions with them and um, did that for a few years and loved it, um, loved the cross-country track season, all of it. Was never a superstar but just enjoyed kind of getting out there um, and then dropped off as lots of people do through kind of end of school and uni years to kind of find my way back once I started working full-time. So um, I've always kind of, yeah, been around it, never did a little A's or anything, but, um, yeah, like loved it from then and then kind of jogged a bit and then jogged a bit more, um, as I started working and then, yeah, found myself signing up, um, 2019 after I was training for two bays, which was so much fun, but I realized I could get a lot faster and do more than a glorified walk. So <laughs> that was what led me to sign up. You had actually done also a sky run, is that right? In Mount Fuller? Yeah. That was that was a long day. <laughs> Not too um I would recommend it if you've got friends and you want to just have a great day out, but going all the way up from Mount Buller from the base to the summit was not something I was prepared for. Yeah. Laura, given the challenges that you've taken on um, since signing up, how do they compare to, I guess, your sort of more trail running days when you were doing things like two bays and and the sky run? Like, do you sort of find pushing yourself flat out over a half or a marathon, sort of they two different types of pain or do you find one harder than the other? I guess, um, what's the what's the appeal being? Um, it's definitely, it's more scary knowing that, I've got a goal now and, you know, I want to run a PB and, um, you know, do things that are tied to more of a time-based goal rather than getting out there and wanting to, like having my goal just be to get through the day. So I'm trying, I try to like keep that mindset of, you know, get, getting through it um, is obviously, obviously still a huge achievement. Um, and the shorter, like the 5K distance and 10K, I still feel quite scared of. Um so yeah, different kind of goals, different sorts of pain. Um, I feel like I, I've I cope better when I know that I can just it's going to hurt a little bit for a long time rather than hurting a lot for a little bit. So I've no interest in a three k on the track at the moment. Um, no, <laughs> no, no hot laps of Princess Park. 
Not yet. No. Hey, uh, looking at your, you, you might be able to correct us if these are right, the PBs. Uh, I'm going off Strava, so they've got, yep. not your, but like since signing, like, yeah, since signing up, you've, you've written a lot of time off your 5K, 10K, and your half. Like 5K, you're taking over two minutes of hot dog. You have that minute and a half. You've got four minutes off the 10, but the half went like 10 minutes. Yeah. So, yeah, 134.55 for the half, 43.9 for the 10, and 20.32. What's your, what's your favourite TV in there? Um, I think the half is my favourite because it was such a good day. It was a day, actually speaking of weather, that was meant to be awful. At, um, I think it was like Geelong River Run or Geelong something um, a year or two ago. Um, and... I just went out there and had a mindset of like, oh, well, you know, um, it's it was meant to storm and hail and all these things. And I was like, you know, great, let's just kind of make hay while the sun shines and went out there and it all kind of just fell into place really well. Um, so that was one of those days where definitely everything, you know, one of those kind of never happens once in a blue moon days. But then um, the 5K, I think that was early this year and because I've known how, you know, kind of, you know you improve in smaller increments and um I do find the shorter stuff quite challenging to get right I'm quite proud of that one as well 10k I feel like still needs a bit of needs a bit of work where would you like to get to on your 10k oh um I'm a big fan of round numbers as probably most of it <laughs> are. so I think um it'd be nice to do one in under kind of 415 pace um which would be maybe forty two thirty, if my maths is correct. Um, that's that's good math. Yeah, good job. <laughs> yeah. So would like to get there, but um, was meant to do one early this year and had clashes and things. So I find them kind of hard to come around as well. So maybe next year's year. So maybe at Albert Park ten k around May, Melbourne Uni colours, Zaka. I think that's going to be a hard, hard sell there given uh, the kills and it's um, almost like membership. Uh, there, there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we try hard at Melbourne Uni to, to, to poach, but uh, I think uh, I don't think it's important. Uh, no, there'll be some blue in the uniform somewhere, but yeah, Albert Park, hopefully. Yes. Hey, um, so looking ahead to this weekend, you've had a, a cracking build up. Uh, even just looking at your last four weeks, you've averaged like eighty three k's. Some of the, some of the build up. What have you liked about this build up from a marathon perspective in terms of the training that the Gemma set up for you? Um, the first the first part is not thinking about it myself. Um, that's a really easy part of it to like, and the whole build. Um, I've had a really good time. I would love to just like be in marathon training all year round. I really enjoyed um, all of the sessions um, and doing a few more Ks as well. I think the most I did was 93, but most of them were sitting more around that kind of 80K a week mark. Um, and I've enjoyed having the, like there was a couple of long runs with sessions in there, which was really fun to break it up and just kind of knowing that there's a quite a big day ahead of you and um, progressively getting through it has been a really fun challenge. Where have you done a lot of your training? 
Tried to mix it up. So I've tried to go um, near work. So between kind of Collingwood and the tan, um, I've done a lot of laps going up the shrine to try and practice. Usually I try and run inside the tan. I feel like it's a lot more fun than outside. Um, Is that legal? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't enter the bowl, but um, inside the tan, it's like a, a bit like a maze, but it's beautiful. Um, anyway, yeah, I've, tr- I've tried to kind of go up the shrine a few times Um and then otherwise have been Maribyrnong's probably my easiest local place to train. Um, there's that big part of the river where you can go on the road that barely anyone drives on. Um, so that's been great. And then I've done a bit of um, a few laps of Yarra Bend as well. Oh, you see all the uh, all the good spots in Melbourne. All the, yeah. yeah, I've covered the inner northwest yeah. quite well. Right all locations would go blocked. Uh, any flybys from Liam Adams down in Maribyrnong? No, um, I'm probably even too late in the morning. Yeah. Yeah, even the before office hours is probably <laughs> too late for a tradie. Maybe he's just dodging me because he doesn't know what Yeah, he might He might have seen me and gone, oh, I don't want to compete with that. So you have to go overseas. Yeah. Now, some of the sessions that you've been doing, Laura, do you have a favourite? or sort of favourite two or three that Jim has given you that you've really enjoyed in the build-up? Um, in the build-up, there was a couple where, and I should have written these ones down specifically from the build, but there was a couple where we went marathon pace and then um, got progressively quicker in, you know, a rep of, you know, a K or 2K afterwards, which um, I really liked that as a confidence booster of knowing that, um like, you know, that pace feels like marathon pace and then there's actually a whole range of things that I normally do that are quicker. Um, so they were they were really fun ones from a confidence boost, I think. Um, I'm trying to remember exactly what they are. I think they probably got, you know, around 10K or so in volume. Um, so I liked that. I liked that progression of pace there. Hey, putting that load through... Uh, with work full time, like how have you found that balance with, yeah, with <laughs> with life and not being being tired the whole time? Basically, like have you, yeah. how yeah, how have you gone um, lots of lots of caffeine. Um, but <laughs> also just like I'm very aware that it's you know it's just me. Um, there's no kids to take care of. Um, nothing like you know nothing as crazy as what a lot of other people are dealing with. So trying to keep things in perspective, but then also. I feel like any time I've I've gotten injured has been when there's I've had life stress to deal with as well. And I've in the past have not taken that into account and not really taken it seriously. Whereas this time if I knew that, you know, it was going to be a, a late night late night at work or um there was a lot going on or a deadline that we had to meet, I'd just try to be really careful about, you know, um trying to get better sleep or clear my weekend and make more room to rest a little bit because you know, there's always going to be other things to juggle, but mm. I was just tried tried to be really clear with myself that I didn't have to do everything. Um, while I had this goal that I would, I'd made a certain amount of sacrifice to work towards. So, yeah. No, that's a, a really mature response to, and obviously, yeah, someone who has previously built up to marathons because this isn't your debut. You've had a, a few other cracks, and and how, like. Your previous cracks, did they include just a bit of a, a little bit of a, a wing it moment in the early days of yeah. like 
how do I get better at this? And- yeah. Oh, I was on, I was just Googling rubbish. Um, it was just <laughs> like, oh, this looks hard. I might do this. Um, yeah. And like when I was training for two days, I was like, oh, okay, well, it might be hot. So I'll just do, you know, my long run on a Sunday and then I'll try and run something hard on a Saturday. And while I'm at it, um, I'll go into hot Pilates after the run um, and just like mixing a bunch of things that if anyone went back through my garment or my Strava and looked at what I was doing, would probably just shake their heads. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it was just Googling a bunch of random uneducated opinions from all corners of the internet. Um, yeah, not easy. advisable. <laughs> What's that? Sorry. It's very easy to find those. Um, yeah. 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 And so many, I just feel like there's so many personalities out there who are like, okay, well, let's just like make it as difficult as possible. Um, and it's just, it's not effective. Yeah. Luckily that wasn't a name I heard until after I left that phase. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. Okay, so you got uh one more question before we get into the uh the quick questions. <laughs> oh, I'm just shuddering at the thought of David Goggins doing some marathon coaching for someone. Um <laughs> that's just frightening. <laughs> oh, that's an image I need to get out of the brain. Yeah. Um, Laura, heading into this weekend, what are what's the thought process around your goals for this one? Obviously, weather's looking pretty good. And you have been checking it a little bit, which tells me you, you're you very invested in the weekend, as you should be, because you've had a great training block over the last few months. And um, obviously working with Gemma over the last few years, um, you've seen some big progression across all of your distances. But you love a round number. Do you have a round number picked out for Sunday or sort of what are, we, are they more process goals that you've got um, in place for the race? I've got about three round numbers or, you know, three significant numbers that I've been throwing around. I'm chatting to Gemma tomorrow to try and, um, you know, get a plan together on that, which I think will be really good. So I've tried not to become too attached to anything and I've tried to keep them much more tied to process goals. So um, one thing that worked well for me when I was doing one of the long run sessions, which was like a, I think it was 20K into, you know, 5K at marathon pace and, 3k then 2k um I went in and I was like right you're doing a 20k jog and then a different girl's coming in and and she's going to run 13k so that kind of process of just breaking things up um is something I'm going to really try and focus on um it is it is important and you know you train hard and um even if it's a hobby even if you're out there um you know I'm not trying to break any records or win any medals but it obviously still matters a lot um but I don't want to go in on the day and ruin it because of a bad headspace so um I'm just going to try and break it down and keep calm um until I get back to you know Fitzroy Street um so I think the biggest win for me will probably be um not stuffing anything up because I made a you know a panic decision or did anything rash I like that so you're saying you you kind of break into like your two people on the day yeah, it was, it was, it just really came to me that day um, as I started the long run and I was like, you know what, that works, great. Um, I'll, I'll split the personalities. Um, Got a twin, so. maybe you can just come out at the bottom of the shrine hill and just chat over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, if someone else wants to just like pop on a, a wig and 
um, <laughs> finish. No. Um, yeah. Uh, it's, it's it'll definitely, be, it'll be yeah. definitely will be you. It will definitely. Uh, yeah. My cheating. <laughs> no, no, I definitely, I want the, you know, you, you go through it all. You want the, um, the bragging rights at the end, that's for sure. So yeah, I think just try, I just really want to keep a cool head about it and make good decisions on the day. And then, you know, as I chat to Gemma and we work out where in the race I might want to do what, or where's a good time to, um, really kind of get into the zone with it. Um, yeah, I just, I just want to make good choices. Gonna have a few supporters out on the course. Uh, I know Ollie is gonna be. I think Ollie. Actually, I'm. I'm speaking for Ollie because uh, I know Matt is gonna be on a bike. So okay, we'll be. I'm sure he's gonna be stationed around the course. We're talking about. I'm sure he's got it worked out. Um, yeah, yeah to the no second. <laughs> um, well, I'll look out for Ollie as well. Um, I'm assuming he's not gonna be on the back of the bike, but um, no, I've got um. <laughs> yeah i'll have my partner and some friends getting around i'm tr- i've worked out that if i get them at the 34k mark they can get across the road and yep. you can yep. kind of see people three times um mum loves to come out and watch um which is great so but i think she'll want to be at the finish line um i've tried to convince her that um i'd much rather see a friendly face running up the tan but um the mcg it is so it's good i'll have people spread out everywhere which is um really nice i always kind of i'm always very conscious that like people are getting out of bed early and you know coming out to stand on the side of the road potentially in crappy conditions or for a long time and just wait for you to pass them by in a flash so um yeah i'm lucky i'll have a few people insane that you're doing that stuff like getting out of bed to watch someone run 42k is I think you've got the harder position then. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. But mine was a choice. There's is uh, <laughs> there's a somewhat an obligation. Yeah. <laughs> You're the bad books in the doghouse if you can't you know, go out and watch in the marathon. Yeah. Hey, uh, Chris, I reckon we uh, fire up these questions. Oh, mate, let's jump into it. Laura got some got some easy questions in there, and then a few that, okay. are, that may have been sent in from a reliable source. But I guess we'll find out how reliable they've been based on your answers. But Laura, a couple of easy ones to start off, mate. What watch are you wearing? Um, I've got a Garmin Forerunner, and the numbers escape me, but That's it's okay. relatively new. That's all right. Yeah. Hopefully, and this hopefully is the true for all Garmin watches, but if you take it off and look under the, the bottom of the watch, it will tell you what it is. Yeah, there That's we a, go. It's something I don't do often. 945 I've got. Oh, there you go. So there's a little life tip oh, for anyone. Um, anyone that's got a Garmin wants to know what it is, it's on the underneath part of the watch. So there you go. That is a flash watch. I'm impressed. Yeah. Um, Black Friday sales, they're coming up as well. Mm, that, Zach, a perfect time to buy a new kit. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, you had a look at my, what I'm running with at the moment. Oh, that that's that's um another segment entirely. <laughs> but um, <laughs> Laura, iPhone or Android? Um, sorry, quick one on the garment. Do you ever look at what what other features do you look at on that watch other than uh, obviously pace? And because I know there's like. 20 different screens and you can work out your, I don't know. There's so many. Um, I feel like this watch turns me into a bit of a boomer with all of those extra <laughs> features. Like I don't have um, Spotify synced. I don't have the, mm. um, I don't have my wallet set up. 
Mm. I just look at, um, yeah, pace and distance. And I try, I don't usually look at heart rate. It's there, but I feel like it is kind of insignificant. And also I don't even know what heart, you know, it's not like I've ever gone and done threshold testing. So yeah, I kind of just stick to pace and and that. I've I've used um actually the directions a couple of times on when I've been out like hiking with friends and you know how you can go like back to start. Oh, do you um, need directions here? Yeah, well, that, yeah, a bit of um, bit of kind of too late in the day, yeah, more. hiking adventures. So that's been a savior. More on that, I think. Yeah. Yeah, Zaka, we love stats on the Better of Running podcast and quite rightly you brought up before this is episode 164 and that is the first time the term boomer has been used <laughs> on the show. <laughs> it's yeah. not. Oh, I love it. Hey, um, Laura, one thing that I found quite humorous on Instagram is, you know, um, that I reposted during the week. You know you're a runner if you spend more time organising your run kit than your work kit. But what about for you? You're sort of very busy with work. Do you spend more time laying your run kit out the night before or organising your work kit? Run kit. I've got like Ooh, three outfits that I wear to work, whereas a run kit, it, you know, you've got the shoes and um, it's actually which which shorts I'm wearing is how it's all centred. Do I need a phone pocket or not? And then it goes from there. Are we um, basing the kit around practicality or colours? Depends where I'm running. If I'm on the Mooney Ponds Creek Trail um, early in the morning, I know that there won't be too many people around to see the horrific <laughs> compilation of what I've pulled out of the drawer, but um, I'll put a bit more thought into it if I'm um, running home from work and need to pack from there. No, it's fair enough. Um, Dan's had- Armstrong just driving by and getting spotted. Mm, no, well, that was saving this for later, but I think it's a perfect segue into the race kit for Sunday. What okay. what have we set aside? Um, please feel free to use all the detail, uh, including colours and why. Go for it. Right. Um, I'll start with the shoes. I've got a pair of New Balance. Um, I think it's a Super Comp mm. something. Um, mm. They're white with a bit of like pink and red on them. Um, so I've planned around that. Um, I've got the, you know, a pair of shorts with pockets from Cotton On that I've had for three years um, there. And then um, I have changed from wearing, usually I'll wear kind of the same black singlet for any longer race, but um, with a few complaints from mum about not being able to find me in a crowd, I've switched it up and gone out and bought um, a bright pink singlet. So um, that matches the shoes quite well. I'm quite pleased. This is excited. <laughs> Just yeah. um, literally, um, yeah. literally throwing you a high five from here. Can we just talk about the pink singlet just a little bit more? Um, yeah. Brand? 2XU. Okay. That's still acceptable. That's okay. Okay. Um, are we I'm talking? That's <laughs> fine. Um, are we talking a bright pink? Is it more of like a pale, pastely pink? Like what sort of pink? No, it's like a almost a magenta. Um, it looks quite similar. If you've seen those shoes, it looks quite similar to the like one of the colours that's through there. Um, nice. So dark enough that it's still bright pink, but also um, won't show too many sweat patches, hopefully. Oh, it's okay. It's a marathon. You're entitled to look completely yeah. dishevelled by the end of that. So um, that's okay. What, like socks, are we, um, are we blending 
any of the colours from the top through the socks at all? Or are we sort of I going... wanted to, but I was mm. too scared to take a risk and and find and look for colour over, um, you know, look for form over function. So I've got I've got a pair of black Steigen socks from the running company and. I've also got a pair of glasses as well, a pair of Gouda glasses, which um I really wanted to get those obnoxious kind of like wraparound <laughs> ones, um, <laughs> but decided against it maybe next year. Um, and I've just got the classic pair that's kind of like a red, so that blends in nicely as well. It's all on theme. Um, Steigen, Steigen have a beautiful, I'm just thinking, I'm just trying to picture the top because um, one thing I do as a side hobby which generates no income is matching kit for my friends and right. i think yeah so i'm thinking like it's not too late it's wednesday night that we're recording in steigen obviously sell socks everywhere including at the running company um you know the couple of choices i'm thinking there's um yeah. you know there's like a there's the what they call a cotton candy which is the pink with um sort of like light baby blue um writing for the Steigen so that could possibly go on the top or even like a sky blue sock with the um, blue white and pink stripes as well but that's more of a um, three-quarter length sock so that'll come up the calf a little bit so um, yeah it just depends on the length well it depends yeah if you're sort of more about um, the calf muscle then yeah definitely those ankle socks are the way to go um i've got a bit of work to do there anyway but i might I'll, yeah maybe i'll go out and um have a look for that fairy floss pair it's not too late so mm. uh, get it all tied together neatly definitely um it's ahead of me laura because uh, i absolutely cop it from uh, chris like i've got a list of about 10 things that i have to, to fix some of the kids so mm. well we regularly swap notes we regularly swap notes myself and zachar over the weekend just on shoe sock combos and just trying to educate him up a little bit but Okay, no, what's the recent events? Um, Zacha, do you want to maybe give Laura a bit of a rundown on your ensemble that you wore um, with Jeff? <laughs> I, I, it, is, it is out of my memory. I can't even, yeah. <laughs> We're not going back there, Chris. Yeah, it's sort of like no matching colours. Um, <laughs> there's some black and whites with some bright colours. Um, there was, there's there was every pattern. There was okay. sleeves, yeah. Six different brands, and yeah, it was horrible. There's long sleeves on warm days. Um, yeah, it was kind of like a triathlete slash runner slash just bo- almost boomer level. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we can get around the clashing colors, but the clashing patterns, I'm not so sure about. Mm. No, I'm, I'm with you, Laura. We're gonna need some remediation <laughs> taken in, okay. but um, this isn't about Zaka unfortunately but um that's okay thank you for sharing it i love that um hopefully we'll get a photo and if you do go with the pink socks would love to know i'm um, just my own um personal i'll be i'll be out there. i'll see it in the flesh for so yeah well, hopefully, get a live report hopefully hopefully <laughs> yeah. hopefully i'll, I'll still, um, be up and about yeah. um laura we've sort of covered off actually inadvertently a lot of the questions i would have asked but um do you ever plan your brunch menu whilst on a run all the time. Yeah, tell us about it. <laughs> Absolute essentials. Um, particularly if it's a long run and um, unless I'm, you know, aside from the last kind of eight weeks, I don't usually eat beforehand, not because I'm trying to be a hero, but just because I get out of bed <laughs> and I go. Um, so there's often a lot of time spent thinking about um, 
the brunch, whether it's going to be, you know, a kind of Ottolenghi baked eggs at home or um, whether I'm going to go all out and do a big kind of big breakfast at the cafe. So um, especially if I'm running on my own, it's a, a lot of thought goes into that. How early, like how early into the long run, like we're doing, let's call it two hours. Uh, like well, when's the earliest you can think about brunch? Um, the thought will come into my head pretty early and I try and, you know, shoo it away until maybe halfway. Yeah, geez. Okay, that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I kind of like, I'll think about it a little bit and yeah, jump myself. And then you get to the last 15 minutes of the run and it's like the only thing on my mind is like, when can I get to a glass of soda water and yeah. half a watermelon? Yeah. Oh, Yeah, when you when you start when you start thinking about it early and it's just you can't. Yeah, those are the ones where I'm like, I should have just gotten up in time to eat. <laughs> um, have you favorite gels? Have you been taking gels on your long runs? Yeah, I have. I was actually desperately trying to win a competition um, to get grand final tickets through Chemist Warehouse. So I've tried, um, I think every Enduro flavor. Um, Cola is probably my favorite. Yeah of those i prefer the flavors that don't try and mimic something that's a natural food with a real flavor because i feel like you can never get it right right whereas cola is cola so you're kind of getting the real deal um i do love a morton but um i try and save those for race day not not into the apple crumble or the grape flavors or or anything like that I've not tried grape and artificial grapes actually a favorite of mine. I've just not seen it at any of my local stores. So you'll have to um, send me a link and I will get right <laughs> onto the, onto the grape. That's actually the one exception for fruit flavors I'll do. Yeah. Okay. Well, there we go. So I'm, I'm Morton. Um, yeah. Definitely um, in, enjoy the um, Morton. Enjoy doing an apple crumble today. Um, don't know that they do, but I know like there, <laughs> there is some. Uh, that's pure speculation on my behalf because I've tried some Endura gels and there's a reason that I don't try Endura gels anymore. But um, yeah, yeah, it's I not just my know, favorite part of the run. But yeah, there's a yeah. lot of gels out there that do mimic food. Um, but yeah, I can see where you're coming from. Yeah, I've moved on from winners. They've they've been banned. Um, we all start at winners. Yeah, yeah, but I can't quite I can't quite do the Morton. Um, every long run so I've got them ready for Sunday you rather spend the money on a, on a coffee than a yeah um, <laughs> if you had to eat one meal for the rest of your life at brunch what would it be you can only choose one thing and that's it that's every brunch after every Sunday long run that you're going to get okay fritters oh yeah, come on. Now, this is the good thing about fritters is they're versatile. They are. What's going could, in our fritter? Um, if I was making it, maybe like a lot of herbs, halloumi, zucchini, um, maybe a bit of corn yes. and then eggs on top. Oh, you're adding eggs in there. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a, <laughs> it's a natural, natural assumption that you get poached eggs on top of your fritters. And then no bacon. toast, no toast, just whack them on top of the fritter. I don't fritter. need it, just no. Yeah. Toast is for before the run. How many, like, normally with, like, how many wheat bix do you do? How many fritters will you do? Um, Depends on the size. If they're kind of, like, thinly done, the size of your palm, 
Mm. Sort of like a hash brown? Sort of like a hash brown. You could probably have, I could probably have three of those and mm. an egg or two. Yep. Poached eggs, runny yolk. Poached eggs, runny yolk, um, mm-hmm. black coffee. Then maybe a little brownie for dessert. Oh, this sounds pretty good, Zaka. Yeah. It's, it's great. Yeah, yeah. If that's for the rest of your life, yeah, I think you're going to be pretty well. <laughs> Mate, I'm not confined. The Sunday long run is coming seven days a week if that's what we're eating. Yeah. A <laughs> uh, couple more, Chris, though. Um, I've been a little bit, I usually do these in a bit of an order, um, which flow, and the flow has gone right out the window. As soon as we started talking about kit, I lost the plot. So uh, apologies uh, for the ones that I, I have missed. Your favourite easy day shoe? Um, Vimero. Ooh. What model? I think I've got a, maybe a 15. I'm due for a new pair. Um, I'd actually left them at mum's place for a couple of months and thought I'd lost them. So they've come back to me. They're still old, but they feel a bit new again. So I need to upgrade. But they're probably my favourite in terms of they just feel stable and they seem to last a while. I like that. They're they're a good shoe. Um, I just yeah, I had the Vermeros. I think they were the twelves, I think, and just found them a bit heavier. But they've gone they've certainly gone a lot lighter in the last couple yeah. of iterations. So, yep, can definitely see see why you'd be a fan. Um, that's pretty much it for me, Zach. I think we've we've pretty much wrapped everything into the kit. Yeah, it just expanded that. from there. <laughs> <laughs> I think we, the fact is we covered some of these questions off in the uh, interview, which, um, yeah, but we got the main ones in, mate. We got the right, main I've ones come in. off unscathed. Yeah. Oh, hang on. Hang on. There was some um, one there. About, uh, how's your sense of direction? Mixed. <laughs> um, may have come across our desk. That you might have got uh, lost in a training run at some point. Yeah, there's been a couple of instances um, of lost in a training run. My sense of time as well is not great. So I've been known to, even in this block, like finished a couple of runs um, running the tan, you know, between Collingwood and there. It's not very far, but I've ended up looking at my watch and realizing that I need to stop kind of by the MCG instead of up near Fitzroy Garden. So that's not great. But um one of one of the worst offenses was probably getting lost on the Capital City Trail. Um it's just one big circle. And I steered off it somewhere around Costco and ended up way out in West Melbourne. <laughs> and it was like the it was the peak of COVID. So yeah. I decided I didn't want to get an Uber. Um for fear of, you know, having to stay in my house for two weeks if the Uber driver, God forbid, was sick. So just ran my way back and it was a it was a long, long morning. How many Ks did you do that day? Um, that was a 34K day and it should not have been. <laughs> I should have, uh, for, you know, should have stopped and called a friend or stopped and walked. Yeah. Would not ever do that again. I think that might have been one of the runs that our source was was uh, alluding to. Yeah. Just, just yeah. confirming that was not part of the David Goggins um, marathon handbook. <laughs> no, no. Um, there's no, there's no sick trick about putting yourself in a bad mental state. It was, it was all by accident. Uh, 
Well, you got your garments now, so you can uh, mm. use yeah. that yourself back. Yeah, and I could also have just stopped and checked my maps, but you know, God forbid you pause a run. So, um, I've learned some lessons since then. Well, it's been great having you on. It's been really exciting just hearing about you know, see your build up for Melbourne and just your running journey in general. Like it's uh, you know, someone who started here started with us in twenty nineteen, and and here we are lining up for a marathon on the weekend. It's going to be cool. It's going to be uh, great to see it in full flight, see the kid in action. So, uh, yeah, excited to see uh, how it all goes. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited just to get there and actually experience it. So um, very much looking forward to it. I'll be looking for you and Ollie out there. Yeah, I reckon you'll spot Ollie uh, easier than me. We will <laughs> enjoy and we'll uh we'll catch up soon thank you see you guys well as promised earlier in the show we have managed to snag him he's back in the country he's officially known as uh on this running podcast as the australia's running nuffy and he's also <laughs> Google now welcome back to the show mitch dyer Oh, that's a great title, to be honest. I think that's the most accurate title I could be given. Thank you, boys, for having me. It's good to be back. Good to be back on home soil. Good to be back on the pod. So thank you. I appreciate it. Mate, do you think um, like going forward, whether you might be on Channel 7 or even on Sunday at the Melbourne Marathon, that you might introduce yourself as a running nothing? Oh, yeah. I always <laughs> should, shouldn't I? Like, I feel like I should do something. Think- I think I even – I might have used it a little bit in Europe from time to time, but I reckon I've definitely I've definitely used it somewhere and I'll, I'll probably use it somewhere moving forward too. Maybe just, you know, maybe over the summer calling some um, some track events, maybe the, the Mori Plant event in Melbourne, you and Bruce sitting down and uh, just cool. kick things off with a bit of um, Mitch Dyer, the running nuffy. That'd be a bit special, wouldn't it? If I got to chop it up, <laughs> like if I got to chop it up again with Bruce. But the problem is, like Bruce is arguably more of a running nuffy than me, <laughs> so he might think I'm talking about him because he's just so knowledgeable and loves it. He might just be like, "Oh yeah, I guess I guess I am. Like I guess I have a bit of running nuffy." So I'll have to do like running nuffy senior and running nuffy <laughs> junior, and and then you know that'd be a good way to differentiate them. But mate, fingers crossed. I don't I don't know what my I think I uh should be at those but i don't know until i'm sort of told so fingers crossed i'll be there with the great man what we do know is mate you were just going hard over in europe and uh just covering the sport like probably like no one's ever really seen on online the um unprecedented access just right up there i think you might have potentially got uh Booted out of a few uh diamond league press uh, areas for filming when you weren't meant to be filming and Managed to, to rub shoulders with the, the best of them. Mate, how was it? Like, I mean, we can't cover it in, in the short amount of time we have, but like, just just take us behind the scenes of what it was like to get into these Diamond Leagues and cover some of these huge meets. Yeah, no, thank you for that. It was, um, it was awesome. It was, uh, you know, an experience that I didn't know that I was really going to have until probably about a month before I even went overseas. I think I've said this before. Originally, I was going for three weeks and it turned into three and a half months. Um, so it was something that I guess I was learning on the fly. And then, look, a big shout out to News Corp and 
um, Lockie Rayner because I did use them as my references to get into all the Diamond Leagues. <laughs> Otherwise, there was no chance I was getting approved. Um, so I don't know whether anyone from News Corp ever got a phone call, but they were certainly my reference to get through to a lot of places. Um, but, mate, it was awesome. It was a great learning experience. It was, I think, uh, the first one I went to was Oslo, so all the way up in Norway, um, Vizlet Games, which was like sensei you couldn't have started at a more party meet a more involved meet and like i had no idea what the fuck i was doing like i was just i was walking through the wrong entrances i was like taking photos of everything i didn't know where i was meant to sit i was sitting in the wrong desk i didn't have like i'd only just started the straight out of instagram like i think an hour before i sat down in my seat like it was complete shambles um so from there to then the world champs where like, as like thankfully because I'd sort of been all around Europe and been to, I think in the end I made it to six diamond leagues. Um, you know, the athletes didn't know me by then. Um, and if they hadn't met me, they'd certainly got a DM from me. If they hadn't got a DM from me, then we'd bumped into each other somewhere. So, um, you know, that made it really much easier for me at the world champs. Um, and as good as it was for me to do it, it's also a credit to the athletes because they were, very uh okay with me interviewing them and filming them and like at the start i think they were taken back because they were like who is this like and i I know all the distance guys but i don't really know too many of the other ones so they were like like this australian guys here like in you know in monaco or in uh uh you know london and all these places it was like what the hell is this guy doing here so um, I think Poland, I caught most people off guard. They're like, there's no way this guy's going in Poland. <laughs> there's no <laughs> way he's flying to Catalyst Poland. Um, and to be fair, like I did to get to Poland, quick story, but to get to Poland, I was at Running of the Bulls uh, in Pamplona, Spain with What's a bunch of my mates. <laughs> nah, mate, I couldn't, I couldn't do that if I tried. I, I, like, I don't I know if anyone's been to it. Oh, it is the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. And I didn't run. All my mates ran. I didn't run, which usually surprises people. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, I'd gone from there to um, Barcelona, like slept on my mate's hotel floor, got up, got the train uh, to Barcelona airport, 6am, got to Vienna, Austria, then caught a train from Vienna, Austria to Poland, like, you know, a good seven or eight hours in this bizarre, like, Harry Potter looking train. I'm sitting in this <laughs> booth with this German bloke who was complaining to me about how it's unfair. Polish people don't like him because he wasn't there during the, the world war and all this sort of shit. And I was like, what <laughs> is, and I've got Sunday demons. I've, I've obviously had too many bloody sangrias in Spain. I'm like, Oh, this is the worst thing ever. Um, but yeah, it, it was just like, that was just almost a standard travel for me to get to some of these races. So it was kind of, um, it was kind of fun in that experience too, but yeah, there wasn't many. I think I hit every mode of transport from boat to bus to train to car to tram to, uh, you know, those little things that go up the side of a mountain, the little ski lift sort of thing. I hit every <laughs> mode of transport. <laughs> I was everywhere. So it was good. What about airports? You were pretty au fait with... Uh... Yeah, Some the grounds of airports. Yeah, I can tell you where to sleep, when to sleep, how to do it. I was all over it. I think I slept in Barcelona Airport probably three or four times by the end of the trip and then i slept in vienna and i slept somewhere else i can't remember but yeah i slept in quite a fair few airports um and that was more because i'd booked everything so late or i was sort of booking things in real time like budgeting and figuring out like all right how much money do i have sort of for this and and then how much money am i gonna have left over for when i get home and like i'd still need to 
you know, pay rent and move out and do all this sort of stuff. So I was doing my best to budget that as best I could. Um, if you were to ask, you know, I was living with a guy called Jimmy Whelan, who's, um, you know, one of my childhood best friends and he's over there cycling. He would tell you that my diet over there and my diet in general is pretty bad, but over there it was appalling because it was just like, I just need cheap food and I need it quick. <laughs> that was that was all I was relying on there. So yeah, from airports to shit food, I've got you covered in Europe. Which is uh, travel hacks. Hey, uh, like I, I'm also on top of that. You've got to deal with the fact that a lot of these meets just the start lists are so tight. Like it's you, you know, athletes don't even know when they're racing. Like a week out, three days out, and then you find out shit. Everyone's going to this meet. I'm gonna to have to get on this train or bus or plane or fucking hovercraft mm. to get there. So yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. That was a hard part. Rest of that, like you just get some of the, you know, yeah. the guys, the MTC guys are giving you a heads up or. Yeah. I would ask a lot of people where they were going to be and what they were going to be doing. Um, and also, you know, the thing about Europe is that outside of the diamond leagues, still that same day, there'll be five other meets. And there would be a lot of times where I'd find myself sort of like flying back from somewhere or, and I think I'd usually put up a story just so people could like see what it was like, but I'd be, sort of like trying to edit all these pictures and put stuff together. And then I'd get on a plane and I'd be out of action for three hours and I'd come back and there's been like 30 races and I'm like, Oh my God. And um, and then, cause at this point I created this like um, demand where it was like, Oh, well, I know that you're going to give me these results. So like when I wake up in the morning, I know that result's going to be there. And so it was like, all right, I got to, I got to sort of be on top of it. And that's the thing about Europe. I didn't know that before I even got over there is there's so many Australians, there's so many races and there's so much going on, usually on the same day or across the same weekend that I think that's maybe why people started to gravitate towards the page a little bit because they just didn't know. Like, I don't think anybody's ever really thought about how much is going on over there. Um, and that's probably due to a lack of total coverage and coverage of not just, you know, five or six or seven or a handful of athletes um, at a major meet. There's heaps going on. Like, a great example of some of the jumps meets, um, you know, that some of the triple jumpers and the long jumpers and the high jumpers found themselves in. There was a meet in Lyon where Joe Deng broke the national record. Like that's not a diamond league. That's sort of just a general meet. Um, so yeah, there's so much going on. Uh, that sometimes it got pretty like overwhelming and I'd be like, Oh my God, like what have I got myself into here? Um, it's but, almost like no. covering like 10, 12 different sports. When, when, it like, felt like, it, yeah. Literally, it felt like it because then I'd be going and like, this is the other thing. And a lot of people would message me this and I was completely fine with it. But like, I would mess up so many details of either names or times or places or locations and whatever. Um, but some of these days, like I'm trying to put together 40 to 50, um, you know, different, I guess, images and make sure I've got it correct. Or other days, sometimes I only had five, but I'd still mess them up. And it's just, I was just kind of like cross wide a little bit in terms of what I was doing. Um, but I think next year I'll be better prepared. And I think I should hopefully have a little bit more assistance, which will be great. Um, but yeah, it was awesome. Like not complaining about it whatsoever. It was a great experience. And yeah, I wouldn't trade three and a half months traveling Europe and um, just having a crack really. Like just if it failed, it failed. I came home and, you know, figured it out from there, but thankfully, you know, people gravitated towards it and the athletes did and, yeah, coaches and, you know, athletic fans and everybody. So it's been pretty positive. Mate, if that's the base level, I don't think you'll see them leaving, you know, it's only up from here. <laughs> so that's not a bad base. That's it. 
Yeah, it's only going up. It's only going to get better. And it's, I guess, the last, because I think I've been home for five weeks now, maybe even six. Um, yeah, it's been a bit hard coming home because it's almost like you come off this total high of everything's happening all at once. And you almost don't have time to think. And you're just like, I'm going to push this, push this, push this and go here and go here and do that. And the followers rise and the interactions rise and everybody's loving it. And then now you're in this lull and it's like, oh, now what do I do? And so it was sort of this last six weeks probably been the hardest of the whole thing because it's like, oh, I've got to keep being motivated to do it. But also I'm not very good at planning. I'm not very good at like having, I guess, a set structure to do things. So that's been something that I've been trying to get a bit better at. But yeah, obviously with the marathon coming up and Box Hill Mead and a couple of other road races to round out the year, it should be um should be able to put together some pretty fun stuff, hopefully. Mitchie, I reckon it's incredible just the fact that you're able to get around and see all these Diamond League events and literally just turn up and, and survive because um, you packed a lot into a, a pretty tight schedule, let alone produce the content uh, that you produced and to see the amount of people that um, and the demand, you know, the thirst that they had um, for the stuff you were putting out was incredible. Um, so I remember seeing straight at it pop up um one day i think oh this is going to be cool this is mitchy's thing and then the next day like literally a few days later there's like a few thousand people that have already climbed onto it and then it just kind of exploded from there that's a mute you at some point mitchy no <laughs> <laughs> mate so many people would have seriously would have been like fuck this guy like i don't care <laughs> but, stop posting so much with um with how busy you were and i said would have been hard to um think of at the time but now that you've had that lull over the last six weeks and a bit of time to think about it are there things or learnings that you've sort of taken on board that you think will really help I guess the content and the way you go about things over the summer here and then you know potentially future trips yeah for sure I think it's um you know when I started it I didn't enter I didn't know what it was going to be I just knew that and it sounds kind of silly, but it was like, okay, I've taken this risk. I've decided to come over here. I can't sit on my ass and expect something to happen. Like I just need to put something out there and just produce and produce and produce. And then eventually this will take shape over time. What that shape is, I didn't know. And partially I still don't know. It's still sort of evolving. But I guess a lot of the things that the first initial thing I learned is like you don't know unless you try, which is really basic. But um you know, I'm someone and there's probably people sitting out there that have a lot of ideas all the time and you sit there and you're like, oh, yeah, I should do that or I, I like this wouldn't be a really good idea and it doesn't get up. Um, you know, now I'm starting to lean into it in terms of not telling myself it's a bad idea, telling myself that it's a good idea, but I need to learn how to structure it. And once you learn how to structure something, it sort of alleviates that pressure in your head of being like, well, what if this fails? What if this doesn't go well? Because it's sort of like, well, I'm going to do everything I can to make it succeed. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. So that was probably the first thing I really learned. And I guess the second, like of a handful of things I learned, it was more, um, you know, preparation is key. I tend to like used to, and I still sort of do, and I'm getting it out of my system, sometimes rock up to places and lean on charisma and lean on, the fact that I am social and I and conversations aren't hard for me to have, but I would find myself getting caught out in terms of statistics and names and stuff. And as a professional or trying to be a professional, like you can't have that. So 
Um, it was probably learning from guys like Bruce and then going into these initially Bruce and um, Dave and Tamsin um, and that whole crew because they are very well versed in what they do. And then going into these Diamond League presses and then going and meeting the Sidious guys and then going to meet a whole range of different journalists. I was like, okay, you know, you need to be prepared. Like charisma can only get you so far. You need to also dual wield with being prepared. And the third one, to be completely honest, is like just don't be a knob. Don't be like it sounds so simple, but I mean, don't I don't know. I think when I was younger, I probably walked around with a a slight air of arrogance in terms of like things are just going to happen for me because I'm me. And that was just fortunate in my childhood that like not a lot of things necessarily went wrong for me. And then in my early twenties, when everything went wrong, I was like, Oh my God, the world hates me. Like, and I had this like rot up my ass. Um, But once I sort of got over there and people could appreciate that you were having a crack, it was more, not just necessarily talking to the journalists who was talking to the staff that were working at, all of these mates, it was talking to different athletes. It was talking to different professionals. It was talking to a whole range of people um, and just having a collective conversation because now some of these people and like the greatest example I could give of this was I'd left and there was still diamond leagues going. And I think it was, um, where was it? The one after the world champs. I can't remember off the top of my head where it was now, but I had, yeah, well, I had journalists that I'd met in, um, in Budapest sending me stuff being like hey mate we're here do you want us to that's how I got those interviews that's how I got the footage that's how I got all this sort of stuff um from just I don't know being a nice guy and actually having conversations with people and showing a vested interest much that they did with me it goes a really long way um so those are like some of the things that I sort of picked up along the way professionalism is such a big thing um and the last one, which won't shock you, is that you've got to be individual. You've got to be very prepared and comfortable to be yourself and trust that what you think is good, you should try. And then if the whole world tells you it's shit, it's probably shit. Don't hold on to it for too long. Don't let your ego get in the way. Make an adjustment and change and move and still keep your flair. But it's okay to be wrong and it's okay to make adjustments. And like you don't have to be... Sometimes people tell you something, and this was almost my biggest gripe as a journalist, where a journalist would get something wrong or they would write an article that was unfair or whatever and people would attack them. They'd be like, well, this is my opinion and you're wrong and rah, rah, rah. I'm very okay with admitting when I'm like, yeah, okay, no, I probably got that wrong. <laughs> like that wasn't very good. Like let's change that one up. Um, so yeah, it was just a whole range of stuff. And I feel like this last two years, particularly, I feel like I've really grown up and started to take myself seriously and take this seriously and Put a bit more respect on myself and not just be like oh i'm just you know i'm just niche i'm just floating around it's like no nah, i'm i'm i think i'm good at what i do and i'm gonna show people uh why they should think i'm good at what i do so yeah it's been a it's been a learning curve and for anyone listening i'm 27 so that was from 25 26 to now so if you are under that age and you're still floating around and you're not quite sure what's going on you've got heaps of time <laughs> so don't stress because you can you can grow up and mature at any point I don't know if that answers your question, Chris, but hopefully No, it's okay. Mate, I'm 40 and my wife still thinks I'm immature, so that's fine. I'm still immature, don't get me wrong. (laughs) Mate, every every time I watch your content, you just seem to be having the absolute time of your life, whether it's um, interviewing, whether it's podcasting, even just your own stories. Um, It was almost a bit of David Attenborough um, goes to Europe and gives me um, just a tour around, I think. I know that you absolutely fell in love with the stairs 
whilst you're over there. Um, like you walked every set of stairs in Europe uh, whilst you're away. But um, like, was there a particular piece of content that you enjoyed doing the most? Like, like was it the slides that you were putting up for people to consume in the morning, sort of knowing that, hey, people are going to really enjoy seeing all the results or was it the athlete interviews or the, like the podcasts with the Sidious guys mm. or like, was there anything that just sort of really pushed the heart rate a bit higher than anything else? Or was it more just a case of just putting both feet in the deep end and doing as much as you could and see what sort of worked and what didn't? Yeah, that's an awesome question. Um, oh, I would say in terms of the content that I produced, I think the interviews are always my favourite just because I love talking to people. And I think that what I try to do is not talk to them necessarily like they're an elite athlete. I just try to talk to them as though it's two people, two friends having a conversation and, you know, what you can get out of it is what you get out of it. And I never, I never try to push an angle or anything like that. And I just sort of let it flow and, you know, didn't have too much of a um, agenda with it. I would just let it fly. So I really like that because it's sort of like there's no structure. You don't know what someone's going to say to you and you can just let that be it. And then I loved when people would interact with that and I'd get a message or a comment or whatever or people like some of these athletes' parents and coaches would message me and be like, wow, I haven't heard them talk like that ever in an interview before. Um, And that to me would be really special because it's like, okay, well, you know, I've been able to get something out of them, maybe that they haven't been comfortable to tell somebody else. And that's really powerful. So I, I really, my own content, like that's what I really loved. And that's what I love to do. That's probably why I love commentating because I get the license to give someone a moment, like to give someone that piece of, I guess their own history is really unique to be a part of. And I don't take it for granted at all. Um, and then I would say just the biggest thrill, man. Yeah, was literally the risk. I think the gamble of it all was the thrill because it was sort of like, oh, I don't know, this sounds really bizarre. I've been so fortunate growing up that like my, um, I went to a private school. I've grown up in a beautiful area. I have a really loving family. We're all really close. My parents are still together. You know, it's, um, I've been really fortunate. I didn't have to think about much growing up, but I think this was probably the first time where it was like, not the first time, but the first time I'd really committed to something and gone like, I'm completely one out here. Like there's no one else to lean on. There's no one else that can sort of help me here. This is all me. Whatever this becomes is whatever I make it. And it was really daunting and it was kind of scary, but at the same time, it was so thrilling because you'd sort of be like, and and it was never a competition with other like outlets like AA or anything like that. But if I was the first or I had the most like interactions, I would be stoked because it's like, all right, I'm doing like, I'm doing my job off nothing here, just me and, and people are resonating with it. So that would give me a thrill. And it, it was like that sixth sense when you're running or competing and you just start to get a little better and a little better and a little better and you just become dogged and you're like, yeah, I'm just going to keep pushing this as hard as I possibly can. Um that was a huge thrill to me. But at the same time, and like I'm always pretty forthright with this, like there were a lot of times where I was just like felt really lonely. I felt really sort of isolated where I'd be like, it's just me. And, um, you know, it'd be nice to be traveling with somebody or doing something to take my mind off just constantly being involved in athletics. Because as much as I love it, like you need things outside of the sport. I think any athlete will tell you that now as well. It's like you need to have something to think about and do outside of it. Um, 
so yeah, I, I just think the whole process was really enlightening and really um, challenging and it tested me really, really well. And now it's a test again. Like it, this whole thing is just a test and a test and a test. And, you know, if you ask my teachers, I was never very good at them at school, but I think, uh, I think this is one that I, I'm, I'm going to pass. So yeah, the whole thing was just a, a journey, just a trip. Mate, uh, this weekend you got a test. You got the mic, Melbourne. Marathon. Yeah, we're excited because we got uh, at ninety plus run to BB athletes going around, and there's going to be thousands of people jumping on the roads of Melbourne. You're going to be calling them in to the MCG. You're on the the live stream, I believe. Yes, correct. I am on the live stream. So if you are watching from home. You will hear my voice on the live stream. Um, nah, great thrill. Honestly, stoked to do Melbourne. It's something I've wanted to do uh, for the last couple of years. Um, and yeah, I was absolutely stoked when they asked me to, to jump on the stream. Um, Going to be a great day. I mean, it, Melbourne Marathon is always a good day, to be fair. Like the whole day. I'm talking even post-marathon, like the city is a buzz. Everybody's just stoked that they've bloody made it to the end. Um and yeah, it's it's a unique year. Like it's sort of transitioning back to what the Melbourne Marathon was. And it's, you know, I think the mantra of this year and maybe even moving forward for Melbourne will be this is the home of Australian marathon running. Obviously, Sydney's making that huge push to be um, a world major. So I think Melbourne may start to focus its attention now on attracting all Australian talent and really making it a hub for Australian marathon runners and half marathon runners. Um and yeah, I think it's going to be a cracking day. Weather's not too bad either, so at least it's not like stupidly warm. Yeah, I mean, everyone's they're leveling up. You know, running is it's gone to new levels. The amount of people out there that I know the entrance uh, it was sold out really out in advance this year. Melbourne, so huge field. We saw what happened in Sydney. Gold Coast is huge now. Melbourne's chance to to turn it on. Uh, let's switch our attention to the the elite. What's going to happen on on race day if you? Got any insights? Uh, I know our man, uh, Reese Edwards, who I do a bit of running, he is lining up with, uh, lining up this weekend. Our own Gemma Maney, runs BB coach, making her debut. Uh, whispers about Liam Adams lining up, potentially. I heard initially pacing, now is this going to just go hell for leather? Uh, anything else across your desk, Chris? Um, not on the elite end of the field, Zacho. Um, yeah, but I'm interested in what Mitch might know, whether he's <laughs> got any contacts or um, if he's heard any whispers on who might be oh, yeah. across those first <laughs> couple of lines uh, for the start how, line. Comes oh, how, was that for the, how was that for the screen to go black just then when you just asked yeah, me for yeah, whispers? Yeah. It looked like I was off the call. Um, <laughs> firstly, congrats on 90 athletes um, competing. That's epic. Um, I think well. we're excited. Like so many people, well, we're like twenty five plus making their debut in the marathon alone. Wow, that's yeah. sick! So, like, there's so many stories that around those, around everyone really lining up. Like to to make the start line of a marathon is a huge effort, and uh, oh, enormous! I'll be out in the line bike following along. Uh, Chris O is excited. Mm-hmm. He's got a number of his athletes. So, yeah, it's and and like you're going to see these, you know, you're, you're going to be calling these people. Obviously, you get call the elites through, but you're going to be calling all the people through across the yeah. day and see so many of these stories unfold. No, nah, it's going to be epic. And that's the cool thing about the marathon, right? There's so many 
you know, debutantes or people that haven't run one in 20 years or people who are going for particular times or family records or group records or whatever. Like, it's just such an entertaining day. Um, at the front of the field, yeah, look, I think it's going to be uh, – I think it's going to be really interesting. Obviously, there's some – there's some names that'll that'll drop out this week. Um, you know, I think follow your heart on the Liam Adams trail um, for sure. I mean, he's a guy, I mean, and I mean, Liam's, you know, obviously run amazingly well at the Gold Coast Marathon. Um, not that he wasn't expecting that, but obviously you just never quite know. Um, just the wheels sort of fell off a little bit for him in Berlin. So anybody that I guess knows Liam and keep in mind, Berlin was literally, what, three mm-hmm. weeks ago? Um something crazy so you know i've always been the belief like if liam does toe the line um these sort of races yeah they just seem to benefit him and i don't know what exactly it is i don't know whether it's the fact that it's like everybody else's body would be ruined but he just somehow finds a way to not be ruined i don't know whether it's because there's no pressure it's like oh this is your third one in how long um whatever happens happens but don't be surprised if uh, if he's out there, if he's absolutely letting it rip. And, yeah, I think that elite man, I think your boy Reese is, is in for an absolute doozy as well. I've been hearing around the traps, not just from you, but from a few people over the last week. You tipped me off on him. And then I was uh, I thought, geez, I better get a bit of a hold on Reese here. And, uh, mate, I've heard he's, he is fighting fit at the moment. So do you reckon he's a chance to, to take the chockies? Like you say, if Liam toes the line, he's he's a bloody hard man to beat. But uh, Reese is a fighter. He ran two thirteen last year. Like he's no slouch. Guys mm. coming off a off a burn. And that's the thing. Like I didn't even know that until you told me. And then I was going through some of the results of Australians. I'm like, oh, we're actually we're in a pretty good position here, Australian marathon running. Like if we can get a couple of these guys a couple of minutes faster, we're really shaking it up at the top end, which is exciting. And Reese is right in the mix of that so um i think the conditions will be good hopefully not too windy i'm not sure exactly who the pacemakers are going to be obviously everybody will sort of be bringing their own um there'll be a great name to be mixed a bunch um those two out in front which will come out on friday which thanks to marathon we'll go through straight at it so make sure you're following it because all the field lists will be announced there but um even outside of, you know, a big three or four or, you know, however many are going to be at the front of it. Um, there's a couple of guys making, I think, their debut as well, coming up from the half marathon to the marathon. So that's always interesting to me. It's like, I wonder, you know, some people, the half marathon is where they're capped out. It's like, okay, that's as far as you can go um, at that speed. And that's fine. Some guys, though, seem to find another gear when they get past that half marathon. It's like, oh, You've got staying power. Like you can, you can seriously run. Um, so I'm excited to see when you're that translate. The women, as you mentioned, Gemma Maney, um, she'll be right up and amongst it. Um, what's her, what's her personal best? She's a two. Debut. 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 Yeah. yeah, it is her debut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is big. So this is huge. So, so that shocks me that she hasn't run one yet. She had a cracking year. Uh, had a couple of. Uh, yeah, run pretty solid over the half, but yeah, like, you know, training down in, uh, as Matt refers to, God's country down in the Mornington Peninsula, belting over those hills. So yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's going to be really intriguing to see how mm. she goes in that debut. I reckon it's going to be awesome. And the half marathon, like I can't, I can't like mention names or whatever, because I have seen this one for sure, but there's both 
The men's side is absolutely Stacked. fucking loaded. Absolutely loaded. And the women's side at the top end has some serious talent in there as well. Um, a few women as well jumping up from that 10K to half marathon. Um, there is a really... Ex- Oh no! Ten, there's a really exciting road ten day ten k debut for the women, which I think people will be really excited about. Um, stepping up from the track, so I'm actually pumped to see this athlete run. Younger, kind of younger athlete um, in professional ranks now, so that's exciting. Homegrown, um, but yeah, I think the day is going to be awesome. I think there's going to be, I think it's, I think it's. This is how I'm going to describe it. I think it will surprise people. Put it that way. I know there's no internationals, and as we just said, it's a Australian field. But uh, I think it will surprise people on the quality that's out there. Like it, mate. Nah, it's gonna be a big day. Without being able to name names, Mitchy, because I know we can't give that away till Friday. But what about a potential time that um, the men's and women's race might go around in? Can you? Yeah. This is this is the hard one to pick. I would say. Could we see a two ten? I reckon we see a two ten to eleven. Mm-hmm. I reckon for the men, and I reckon we see a two. I'm going to say thirty two thirty two thirty one for the women. Maybe far, maybe under two thirty. Maybe just depending on one of the names. But yeah, um, quick. what about yeah? I, what about the half? Oh, I see. This is where it's tough. I think, oh, I think we, that we heading into is going to be fast. Yeah, I think that yeah. women's half is going to be fast for sure. We break in seventy. Well, oh, I reckon. Yeah. Oh, yes. I'm going to say yes. Yeah, I'm going okay. to say yes, and I'm going to say for the men, we're going sixty-two. I reckon we're going to see sixty-one. Oh, I reckon we'll see sixty-one. Yeah, I reckon. Oh. I reckon this men's race will be. One of the best. Well, uh, yeah, I think it'll be the race of the the whole morning. I think personally, depending on how the marathoners hold together, because if all the marathoners are feeling good, then the marathon's always the highlight. But if it sort of doesn't go, maybe necessarily some of their ways, and I can see how it's um it's a hard morning. But that half marathon, I reckon that's going to be an absolute cracker. Absolute cracker. And you'll understand why. Everyone will understand. People probably think it's like, oh, Mitch, just tell us names. Blah, blah, blah. Totally I would love to tell you the names. Straight at it. When are you going to drop it? Mate? The, uh, the it should be uh, Friday, morning. Friday morning. Friday morning it should be. Oh, so myself right. and uh, and Tim yeah. will do a pod, record a podcast tomorrow, sort of going through it. And then, uh, yeah, all the names and all the uh, elites will – come through straight at it and also Mel Mara. So hopefully that brings us an influx of followers as well. Yeah, um, will, mate. I reckon it will. Love there it. There we go. But now neither of you two are racing. What's going on with that? Uh, oh, let's let's not go. The body is... Uh, <laughs> uh, no. You both shot at the moment, are you? Yeah. No, I, mate, I'm going okay. Coaching duties for me. I've got... Yeah, co- we're coaches now, mate. That's yeah. it. No. <laughs> No, oh, yeah. <laughs> I've got about 15 people running Ooh. across the half and the, and the marathon. So um, I actually wanted to enjoy it from the coach's perspective this year. And, um, mate, I've been, <laughs> I've been trying to do some cross country across the w- winter. So I'm all raced out at the moment, hopefully getting ready for some track. I'm still not, I'm still not mile fit, but hopefully um, 5K fit um, come January. 
Okay. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm excited for you. And what, Zachy, you're just, you've just given up, have you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the comeback, man. I've been on the comeback for a couple of years now. <laughs> yeah. I know, I know that feeling. Hey, mate. Um, oh, look, uh, we, we, we do want to cover this. We, we obviously have a world record chat every week, but uh, sometimes we go into some, uh, some dangerous territory. Well, not dangerous, but we go into some weird territory world records. But this one, this week, we actually have a, a legit world record that went down streets of Chicago last weekend. I'm sure you, uh, yeah, I'm sure you saw it, mate. Yeah, Our man, Calvin Kipton. Two hours and 35 seconds. So, uh, for the marathon, crazy, crazy run. Yeah, that is quick, isn't it? That is when a very you, quick run. You woke up and you saw it and you saw social media just going absolutely bananas. Uh, what was what was Mitchie's first take on it? You know that I will always give you my honest answer and it could get me in trouble. But I, much like a lot of people in athletics, I'm sure woke up and went, that's ridiculous. And woke up and went, this guy's 23 and woke up and went, I want to speak to this man's pharmacist. That was, that was the initial thought in my head. Now I'm not insinuating that he is in fact doping. I'm not trying to suggest that, but I think only naturally your head, unfortunately in the era of, I guess, running, we've been in the last 20, 30, hell, you could go back in further than that years is that when somebody does something supernatural like this, and he's not necessarily out of the blue because obviously last year he had that 201 and, you know, he's been on that marker and he's been tapped to be the next Kipchoge, all that sort of stuff. But this is a different ball game, like two hours, 30, whatever it was, five or six or um, in Chicago as well. Like not mm. always the fastest course. If it's windy and shitty, then it's pretty slow. Um, I think the conditions were okay this year, clearly, because there were a few other good times in there. But, yeah, I hope he's all – I, all I have to say is I hope that he's clean. I hope he's a clean athlete and I hope that he's just a super talent. Um, but, unfortunately, naturally, my head sort of just went to you like, that is very quick for a 23-year-old who I didn't know a lot about two years ago. That's just – that's the, the big, big red flag, really, isn't it? Three – third marathon, like, to, to be in the sport – well, yeah, he's obviously been – he's 23, but – it's, yeah. It's, to and I, the, and I, yeah, and I feel bad saying that about someone. Three like, yeah, like I, I feel horrible to say that, and and it's like I'm just being very honest. That's my intrusive thought. It's like okay, well, that's sending off some sort of like you know um, flashing red light in my head. But uh, yeah, look, hopefully he's clean. But just to sort of pop out of, and I, I don't know his junior record. I should actually go look it up. So I'm sure he was a good athlete. But this is like greatest of all time he's he's knocked off kip Kip chogo like you should just keep that in perspective so yeah i don't know i mean i haven't watched the race i've watched his splits though have you seen his 5k breakdown yeah he rolled a 13 that was another one where i was like come on he's run 1351 at like 35 or like 30 solo from that 24 25k like could you imagine you know how hard it is to run solo and like (laughs) if you've got another 15k to go solo you're running 251s and apparently after he said he it wasn't that hard like he it wasn't he, that hard he celebrated like you know 200 meters out like just wait he, he was in party time wasn't he down the shoot he yeah. was bloody 
he did look and that was the other like there's just little things like he looked really fresh his eyes were concerning you see they were completely red what's going on there um, yeah. I don't know whether he's got a health condition if he does I'm very sorry Kelvin but I mean it was just uh yeah I, I, again I hope that he is completely um playing there's by some, the rules there's some stuff coming out like you know it's a bit of a mystery around his coach and his training and then he's just coming out saying he does 300k weeks and you can't hold the guy back he just wants to train hard and he does massive sessions and you know he doesn't wow and he's just yeah. Hey, look, if he's a natural freak, then he's a natural freak. And I'll and I'll cop that on the chin without a doubt. And innocence or proven guilty, like I'm not gonna try and be like, oh yeah, hundred percent has to be um on the gear. But I think as well it's naive not to be and but it's also like this is the other thing I think that I like can understand about athletics is that there's also things that athletes can take that don't go over what's illegal yeah so like medicine and i guess like sport is always evolving and a lot of people and this guy might be one of them he not just might be ahead of the game might just be taking um new stuff that's obviously helping their recovery or helping whatever but it's not illegal maybe in 10 years time it'll be illegal but for the time being maybe it's not and maybe he's leveraging that and i'm a believer like if somebody is doing that and it's not over the line then i guess they're getting the most out of medicine and the sport um but yeah hopefully he's not over the line but uh i think Which, we might have put enough stuff out there to, <laughs> to understand why people might think he is Mitch, Chris, the, i'll go sorry go, Chris, sorry. i was gonna say mate so the world record that raised your eyebrows higher was it kelvin's um 0035 from the weekend just gone in chicago or was it um tiggy as effort at berlin with the um, it was tiggy yeah did For you want sure. to think about that? What? So you? No, not like not. That was that was that that put off more radars in my head. But it was a few... what did she beat it by? Like two oh. and three, two three minutes. Yeah, a couple of minutes. That see, that is not natural. Do you reckon it was the seven hundred and eighty-five dollar pair of shoes? <laughs> well, so this is like I get the shoe thing. I get it because it does help you a, a thousand percent. Like minutes whatever like surely not like that not at not at the the best ever level there is no way the shoes can give you like two and a half three minutes purely the shoe now i understand training involves and all that sort of stuff but the world record wasn't set like an outrageously long time ago in fact it was only like a matter of years um so i don't know again look maybe she's just a freak of nature maybe she's just learned how to control her body and learn how to train incredibly well maybe that's the case I think it's silly not to at least ask the question and go like, maybe there's a little bit else going on there. But again, like, see my, this is honestly my biggest fear when I say stuff like this is that I'm going to get canceled and and someone's going to be like, it's unfair to say something like that. But I also think it's my responsibility to give a truthful answer. So it raised alarms, both of them in my head where I was like, maybe there's something uh, untoward happening in their training. I don't know for sure. I'm not saying that that's the case, but 100% like rung alarm bells in my head without a doubt. What about you guys? Did you look at it and go like, wow, they must be putting in some real good miles. <laughs> like, they, must be, they must be doing double tempo days every day. Like they must be working it out. Or did you go, wow. I would this love it. 
the uh, alleged. We yeah. we stress yeah. stress alleged. I would love alleged. to run a double. I would love to run a double stretchy. Um, but unfortunately, that would end my running for some time. Um, <laughs> you, you're a man who does love his data and his splits. What about this one, mate? So Tiggy's last for a split from 40K through to the mm. finish. Ran that in 6.40, and that was only four seconds off the great man, off Kipchoge. So he ran 6.36 over the last 2.195, and Tiggy ran 6.40. And 6.40. Over the last 2.195. That is crazy. So you're telling me she's four seconds off Chogo full flight over mm. the back end of the Because yeah, he looked good over the last couple of K coming in. And he was smiling <laughs> and fist pumping and that. But um, Tiggy was only four seconds slower over those last couple of K. That is a crazy statistic. I mean, that's pretty impressive. I mean, look, if that was at the start of the race or something, you'd be like, oh, legs are fresh. You can make some sort of argument for it, but the final 2K at a, mar- at a world record pace as well. She did, in comparing the two achieved, like she had pace to go to 40, Kipton was on his own for 25. So that's ridiculous. So, I, yeah, they're both that's crazy. That's crazy. Hey, I, the mar- and the marathon is improving. Let's just put that out there. Like the marathon times are getting better without a doubt. Even the rest of Chicago was quite fast. Um, a lot of the Americans did well. And in fact, actually, one that I wanted to say, did you guys see um, a former Australian made his marathon debut? You guys see this? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, Jordy, Jordan Guzman. Yeah, Jordy Guzman, 213. 213 on debut. Yeah, bloody good debut. Came 19th overall. That's I reckon that's impressive. I was really like, whoa, I didn't know he had that in him. That's and apparently me. he was like he was like two eleven two uh, somewhere around that marker just popped. Yeah, well, on day yeah. there's more more to come for him for sure. Learning the Super event, impressive. Yeah, well, by I Kelvin. mean, I just uh, Kelvin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, he's running two. He's running two hundred six next time. He's running bloody two hundred six. He's ready hey, to uh, go. Just on the little bit on the drugs thing. I know it's done with this, but like when you're in the diamond league on the circuit, like are the athletes, is it? Some of the Aussies, does anyone? No, I'm not going to know names, but like obviously, do people even talk about it? Like, because they come out and they get beaten by some people, and then they go, "Well, hang on." You know. Yeah. Look, not around, not around I, me. I, yeah. Obviously, yeah. Not around, not around us. I guess because it's like, you know, as as mates as we are, and as as I said, like, is a mutual respect that I'm sure that we have with each other. Um, it's probably conversations they have with other athletes and like, and, and they would definitely be having them. Like, I'm sure people would be talking about it and raising questions and it's only natural. Like you, you particularly in distance and stuff, like when you sort of the best, one of the best in the world and you're getting, you know, 200, 300 meters off the pace. You're like, hmm, is that me or is that something else? So maybe they're having those conversations with one another. Um, not with me. They were probably like, well, we're not going to talk to this guy about it. But, um, but we yeah, it's cycling levels. Like, I know you make Jimmy, and like, are we starting to see the marathon where people are just starting to do this this stuff that you go, well, hang on, you know, we're yeah. a little bit rampant. Maybe the majors, it's like, like, you know, could they clamp down? Like, there's some, I always thought, like, I was thinking of this the other day. It's like, okay, we're popping the athletes and, they come in, they run the time. Two years later, a year later, you find out, oh, okay, that person's just gone. They, they, were, they were joking. Oh, well, but enough. We thought so at the time. 
but the yeah. managers are not being held accountable. Like if you manage an athlete, you know, coaches should and managers, because the managers are getting them into the events. They know they would know if they're dopey or not. You know, mm. if, if the events were serious about it, if athletics were serious about getting rid of these dopers, then they'd start seriously taking out, you know, managers and say, Hey, you've you've coached, you've had in your stable ten convicted drug chicks. We're not accepting any more of your athletes. But we Yeah, a, and you know, yeah. Maybe, maybe then the marathon goes back to being one in two oh five, like I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it does. And maybe that's something that needs to happen. Like I, I don't really know. I think it's sort of like I tend to just bury my head with it. I just go, I have a I have an opinion and I like you know, and it's unfortunate because I think I, much like you guys and anyone, loves the sport. And it's sort of like, it's unfortunate that you see something amazing and your initial reaction nowadays is like, I wonder if that's clean. And that's a real shame because it's certainly been something that's been, you know, brewing over history. And now it just appears that like when all these, and, my, and you know, part of it's the shoes, and I know that, but when a lot of these what was thought to, and every world record at one time is thought to believe it's never going to get beaten. Four minute mile, never going to happen. Now we've got three, you know, 43s, but um, yeah, it's just sort of, it just seems to be jumping exponentially at one time. And it's like, well, either everybody's figured out how to train smarter or there's something else going on. And I guess that, I guess it's a good comparison to cycling, right? Because like, I think cycling is doing a better job now at stamping it out and being a lot stricter on testing and all that sort of stuff. Like I'd seen them get tested when I was in Girona, the like drug testers rock up and test them. And I know they do that wider and started happening in Australia and all over the world. I know that. Um, I guess the, the, how strict they are with missing a test. And it's like, if you miss one, you get a strike, you get enough strikes, you're banned maybe they need to enforce that level of strictness in another way to, yeah, mitigate this sort of doubt or mitigate this sort of um, environment. Because, yeah, they might look, again, you can't sit here and say, like, oh, they're all clean because there's probably people doing the wrong thing. Um, but the hope is that, yeah, some of them are or most of them are. An event major comes out and says, Okay, we're going to name the ten athletes that are that are the uh, top ten seeds, but we're mm. going to we're going to we're going to get them drug tests eight, ten, twelve, well, twelve, eight, four weeks out. We're going to release these results before. And I know it might take longer, obviously, logistically and all the rest of it, but at least it puts out there to the athletes and to the event. It's like we're serious about this. Like we're not going to wait till after the event. Yeah, care if or whatever. But then they're sort of setting a precedent that hey, we're actually getting on the front foot with where this is going to be the cleanest event ever mm, yeah i don't mind that it was interesting did you see um it was actually where was i maybe i was in uh oslo when this was going on but um craig engels did this thing on social media i don't know if you ever saw this but he essentially put up this um string of stories saying like he put up his because they all have the wider app and like whatever the app is that documents like their whereabouts um, the drugs that they've been given, you know, prescription or whatever that you're permitted to take. You've got permission from a doctor to take and all this sort of stuff. And Craig was running this thing where he said, all right, I want every every elite athlete, put your where put your whereabouts testing up and put what you're um yeah. what you're you've been um granted access to. 
and put it up. If you're not afraid of putting it up, put it up. And, yeah, like, yeah. you know, this will weed it out. Mate, yeah. and it was like, I remember when I was in Oslo, people were talking about it, like, you see what Craig did? And then, like, Josh Kerr put his up and some athletes put theirs up. And then it created this divide of, like, mm, yeah. why aren't you putting yours up? Oh, yeah. yeah. And why <laughs> should I put it up? And, all this? and I was like, that's – and I'm like, again, I've met Craig a few times. And he just – he just, like, people think, oh, I don't give a fuck. Like, this guy – doesn't give a singular shit. He's just like, no, I'm going to run and I'm going to like enjoy my life, but I'm going to do it fairly. And it's like, I loved that. I thought, what a move, like what a way to just put people on the back foot and go like, put your money where your mouth is. Show, show the people where, have you failed? What do you get an exemptions for? Because like there's people that That's have exemptions. Fantastic. Everyone go, yeah. Mate, I mean, we thought you were, freak but we now know you're clean like <laughs> yeah literally it's like oh my god i can't believe it and it was like and and that's the thing like and the other hard part with some of this drug testing and i guess like you know we learned it firsthand through some of the pete stuff is that some of this testing is really ambiguous the way that they do test it it's like blots on a piece of paper and you can one doctor can tell you it's one thing and another doctor can tell you it's another so it's just so this whole thing fear of that is like some people are getting falsely accused and some people are getting let through yeah. and it's like well there's no there's no set structure of being like you get that this is the test you're in that it's of like it's a hundred percent proof you've done the wrong thing if you don't get it you're in the clear it's just all this ambiguity and all this like oh i thought that was illegal it's not le- oh, <laughs> like it's it's crazy so i feel for some of the athletes to be honest because it's like it's so hard and i really felt for like pete at times over this last um period and i was fortunate to spend some time with him in um you know andorra with justin and stuff and really just talk to them and listen to them and i was like god this does actually sound incredibly stressful um and so yeah i I just yeah, I, I would hate to be involved in any capacity in anything to do with that because I'm just like, that just seems like an absolute fucking nightmare. Um, I don't know how they clean it up. I don't know if they will clean it up or make it, you know, like I said, very straightforward. <laughs> oh, it's a nightmare. But if people did more stuff like Cray and were just like, put it out there. Yeah. Put your money where your mouth is. I'd be, I would love it. That strike. Yeah. So- Races yeah he's like i don't care he's like yep he's like i think he might have missed like craig might have missed the whereabouts somewhere in his career and he's like yep was like wasn't where i was meant to be missed one let it rip <laughs> and i was like all right i respect that like at least you're going to tell us exactly what happened so right. yeah it, it, it's a conversation you could talk like how long is a piece of string you talk about it for so long oh mate it's uh it's been great catching up it really has been fun to hear about, obviously, what you've been doing over in Europe. But uh, we're super excited to to follow along this weekend on the live stream. Obviously, tune in to, to Straight At It, uh, your podcast dropping on Friday with a bit of a the full Melbourne Marathon preview. We got a little bit out of you, but the uh, the exclusive big stuff's going to be coming out on your uh, on your podcast. So thanks for taking the time tonight, mate. No, thanks so much, boys. I always appreciate being on here and and love what you guys do, obviously. And then if anybody is listening that did follow along across Europe and is still following along, um, thanks very much for the support. It's very appreciated. And it's uh, I wouldn't be doing it if you weren't following. So thank you very much. Appreciate it. Love your work, mate. Thanks, guys.
soon, mate. Mate, as always, he's bought the energy, Mitchie. I think we're only going to get him for about 15 minutes. We might have gone for a good part of an hour plus, probably. <laughs> oh, ne- never said that was amazing. I just, I and mean, I love Mitch. I think he's incredible. So, I mean, to the fact that he's, I and mean, I, I sort of look at him as a bit, I mean, it's funny. He started on the show, and I look at him now as this media superstar. And I'm like, why is he hanging out with us? <laughs> so, um, no, that was, that was really cool just to get some of his insights and have a really good, sort of honest, forthright chat about what's happening out there in the world. That was really good. Well, it's mate. Hey, um, quick around the grounds, there was some big, Big events over the weekend. We had the, uh, like I mentioned, we'll talk about Kelvin's run, but some legends <laughs> we went around uh, Chicago Marathon. We had, geez, a number of PBs. Sherelle Thompson ran a PB. You're one of your athletes, Jasmine, ran 327 for a PB. Mm-hmm. Strong, Brett Telford, Ash Drew, both of my athletes, PB'd. Ewan Sinclair went around in 234.42, and Phil Truman, 343. So, Seven athletes uh, on the streets of Chicago on a historic day. How uh, how cool is that? Man, that's amazing. I know for Jasmine. Jasmine's from Singapore, and um, she was absolutely shivering. And I had to ask, like, how cold is cold? And apparently, that's thirteen degrees. Whereas I'd be looking at thirteen and go, I'd be happier if it was ten. Yeah. <laughs> but no, she had a great race, seven minutes off of PB, and she's run a Boston qualifier. So um, she's absolutely beside herself with excitement. It's awesome. We had the social post there, but I did actually, there was one result that escaped the social post and deserved the, the recognition, deserved the bell. So it's getting a shout out on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And we're going to call out uh, Coach John Cox over in the UK who missed the cutoff. We'd have a coach's chat where we do send through the results. And sometimes, uh, to be honest, I went early on this one. I don't usually post it so early, but I know with the big week going on, I just uh, I got it out a little early. So I missed this result from uh, Coach John Cox's athlete, which was Nick Hamilton-Smith in the Western Sydney half. Mate, how's this for a, a big PB? It was a 7-minute and 13-second PB, rolling even splits to run 2 hours 27 in the Western Sydney half. So massive run from uh, Nick Hamilton-Smith, and Julie deserves that, uh, that extra shout-out. Awesome. I know. Um, very excited with the run. Very keen to try and break two on the next one, but seven minutes 13. I, that is absolutely incredible. Massive run. Huge, mate. Well, it's going to be PVs galore this weekend with uh, with our athletes going around uh, Melbourne Marathon. So excited for that, mate. It's uh, It's been a big show. Mate, bring it on, hey? Mate, 90 plus run to PB athletes out there on the weekend, which I mean that in itself, that's I'm still struggling to get my head around that. But um to anyone to who is representing run to PB on the weekend, just want to wish you all the very best uh, with your race, whether it's the half, the 10, the marathon, and um, whether it's your first go at it or, or your tenth. Um yeah, we sort of hope you get out there and, and have a magnificent race. Hopefully you get a chance to ring that PB bell and get a feature. Uh, on the socials uh, early early next week but very much looking forward to getting out there i've got a spot um hopefully somewhere around the 10 i'll be um perched up trying to keep an eye out for people and um, then hopefully catching up with a few just in the parklands um after the race saying day. so um yeah cool. very excited i think it's very much it's different not being on the start line this mm. year it's certainly um 
but I'm still I'm more probably more nervous this year from a, being a coach than an athlete. What about you? Different feeling. It's out of our control as well. Like you mm. know, and there's a lot of messages going on, and there's like last few weeks, people managing their body, managing the taper, taper brain, and you just want them to to have a good day and just enjoy the experience. And yeah, the marathon, it's um. And at all the events, like it's it's a huge day, and there's a lot that that goes into this, a lot of work that goes in, and like to see the, the you know to hit the line, like I said, we said earlier, just making start lines for these races is not easy, and that's uh, itself, and then to put yourself in a position to just have a good day, and that's all you can do, and yeah, it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a really great weekend, mate. So looking forward to to catching up next weekend, uh, next week, <laughs> and uh, recapping it all. We're going to have a fair few stories off the back of the, this one, mate. Now we're going to need another marathon length show just to cover the marathon, I reckon. Yeah, we will, mate. It's, uh, all right, I'll uh, I'll see you out in the course, Chris-o. No, I'll see you there, mate. Can't wait. Catch you, mate. See you.